Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Thambi Pillay. Hi, it's Nero here from Investment Rise. And if you're watching this video, you've probably seen the headlines predicting doom and gloom in, in the property market, right? Uh, it's literally almost a day cut doesn't go by that someone out there is trying to predict what's going to happen to the property market. And the question is, what if you believe them and you don't buy that investment property that you're perhaps looking to, to buy and they end up being wrong? You could have missed out on some significant capital gain, right? But on the flip side, what happens if you choose to ignore all the doom and gloom warnings? You go forwards and you buy something and then prices do fall. You feel pretty bad then as well, right? So that's why in this video, I want to really analyze both sides of, of, of the argument. And first of all, I want to look at why so many people are starting to talk about this property market crashing. In fact, I'd say there are five reasons. Number one, you've seen it in the headlines. Right, as I said, not a day goes past almost that you don't see a new prediction about what's going to happen in, in the property market. Second reason is that the American property market is, is falling in Australia. We just follow America, so therefore our market's going to fall as well. Hmm. Then number three, and this is probably the biggest argument of all, is that there have been massive job losses. Lots and lots of people have, have lost their jobs. In fact, it's now in the hundreds of thousands. And with all those people losing their, their jobs, they'll be unable to pay the mortgage. They'll have to sell their property. There'll be a lot more distressed sales and hence property prices will fall. Okay, then number four, the banks are currently giving mortgage holidays. So they're deferring people's mortgage or they're saying people don't have to pay their mortgage for up to six months, depending on which bank you're, you're with. But once that ends, people won't be able to pay their mortgage and prices are going to plummet. And the fifth reason is that there's going to be a credit crunch. So banks who have been offering all these mortgage holidays will ne they need to recoup that, that money. So they'll want to then focus on higher quality loans. So buyers won't be able to borrow as, as much, which means then sellers will, have, sellers will have to bring down their prices in order to be able to meet the market. And that's what's going to cause the, the market to, to crash. Right, all five reasons can seem pretty scary, but they can also seem logical, right? So let's go through each of these reasons and analyze them, starting off with the headlines. In particular, I wanna look at the headline predicting a 30% drop in property prices. But if we look further into the article, here's what it says. It says, but the Commonwealth Bank has now emerged from the pack with a grim outlook that's even more alarming. The Commonwealth Bank's chief executive, Matt Komen, has described the 30% prediction as a worst case scenario. So it's not an actual scenario that they think is going to happen. It's probably not even a likely scenario. In fact, did you know that many of the biggest companies right now have these predictive models where they have worst case scenario, uh, middle of the range scenario, best case scenario, right? and then they release these reports. And the whole thing is they don't believe in their worst case scenario at all, but 
they know that's what's going to uh, get them a profile in, in, in the news. And so they literally come out with these worst case scenarios only really to get more media coverage, all right? It's like, for example, someone coming out and saying, in the worst case event that New Zealand could manufacture nuclear bombs and they would bomb the East Coast, then Penrith would become waterfront property. And so in that worst case scenario, you should start buying up Western Sydney and especially Penrith property as much as you can. Now, if someone told you that, you'd probably think that they'd you know, lost their marbles, right? But that's a worst case scenario. Yes, I've exaggerated a bit, but you understand the point. In a worst case scenario, in a hypothetical scenario, then this could be true. But you don't want to work in hypotheticals. You want to look at the actual evidence, all right? So that's what we're going to move on to now. But first of all, let me address this other reason that people are saying the American market is falling, so the Australian market must fall. Well, look, the Australian market has been much more robust than the American market. Uh, in fact, when we had the uh, global financial crisis, the subprime uh, mortgage crisis, you might remember th those terms, the US market really fell badly. But the Australian market, it remained stable and shortly afterwards kicked off the biggest property boom that we've had on record. All right, so although as much as I guess you know, many Australians think we are like America, our property market is so different for a variety of reasons. So don't just think that just because it's happening in America, it's gonna happen here in Australia. Just for example, look at how the Americans have handled the uh, coronavirus situation compared to how well Australia has, okay? The countries are different, so you need to start looking at evidence. So now let's look at the, the, the third one. I think this is probably the biggest objection people have uh, about property prices is that they say, look, so many people have lost their jobs. In fact, at the moment, at, at the last uh, statistics, I think about 50% of Australia's workforce is on some form of government subsidy, whether they're receiving their salary through JobKeeper payment or whether they're on the job seeker payment. Scary numbers. So let's look at though, if there's ever been a time in history when Australia's had significant unemployment and what that has meant for the property market. Let's look at the following graph, which tracks median house prices, interest rates, and the unemployment rate for the last 40 years, from 1990 all the way until 2020. Now, the source for this data is the Real Estate Institute of Australia, the Reserve Bank of Australia, and the Australian Bureau of Statistics. All right, now, if we look at the thick black line here, we can see that real estate prices have essentially been on a fairly upwards trajectory. There were a couple of periods of uh, a downturn, specifically here in about 2017, 2018, all right? But when we look at how real estate prices have compared to unemployment, that's where something really interesting comes up. Because look at this period here in the early 1990s when we had unemployment above 10%, as you can see by the sort of reddish brownish line. Yet look what the black line did, property prices they were fairly stable, all right? Then now let's go back to the 1980s when interest rates were above 10%, as high as perhaps even 17% in some cases. It was the recession we had to have, which you might remember. And yet, look at what property prices did. Again, they were fairly stable and in fact started to rise. All right, so the conversation about the fact that we have large unemployment in this country, which is true, However, 
people are then saying, because we have unemployment, our property prices are going to fall. Yet there is no evidence of that over the last 40 years. Now, I understand that the uh, coronavirus obviously has, is a one-off epidemic. We've never had this exact situation ever before, thankfully. Hopefully we never have it uh, again, right? But the fact of the matter is that Australians generally are much more conservative when it comes to, to property. We hold on to our, our property a lot longer, all right? Realestate.com.au is reporting very few, if any, distressed sales at the moment. All right, so despite the fact that so many people are losing their jobs, yes, we are not seeing that correlate into property prices falling. Now, some people are saying, oh, that's only because we've got the job uh, keeper payment, job seeker payment, but that's all gonna change and, and reduce by September, October, and that's when it's gonna be Armageddon. But really, again, when you look at the evidence and the fact that the average Australian is ahead on their mortgage payments anyway, Okay, I think you'll find that yes, there will be some isolated cases for sure, but generally speaking, the market will be pretty stable going forwards. So then if the property market is not going to, to crash based on the evidence rather than people's opinions, look, I get that there are a lot of people out there who want the property market to, to crash. They want to get property at, at, a, at a bargain. But unfortunately, just because we want the market to go a certain way, doesn't mean that it will. You've got to make your decision based on the data, based on, on, on the facts, all right? So if we can understand that the property market isn't going to crash, does that mean then we just go and buy anything? No. This is where research is going to really matter because there's going to be a flight to quality, all right? So it's going to be your better areas that are going to perform better rather than you know, taking your, the entire city, say of Sydney or Melbourne and thinking, oh look, if this particular suburb performed well, then that one will as well. Not necessarily. Individual suburbs are going to perform differently. All right, so for example, if we look at Victoria right now, what's happening in their rental market? You can see here in this article from the Herald Sun on the 20th of, of May, there are 10,000 tenants in Victoria who've been approved for rent reductions. And that's as a result of the state government's $500 million coronavirus rental relief package. In fact, rents were granted an average discount of 31% from those initial registered agreements. That's according to the Tenants Victoria Chief Executive, Jennifer Beveridge. Now remember, the average rental return in Melbourne has already been the worst across all capital cities in, in Australia. And now, with rents being reduced so much, if you're someone as an investor who wants to buy in Melbourne, you've really got to work out, yes, the Melbourne market will obviously come right and the prices will rise in the future, but can you afford the cash shortfall as an investor? Because you have, I would say, virtually zero hope of finding a property in Melbourne where the rental returns currently are going to come anywhere near covering the, the mortgage. So you need to be certain that you have enough surplus funds to be able to cover that shortfall. Plus, you need to ask yourself if you buy that kind of property that's got a high negative cash flow or no high negative cash outflow rather, will you then be able to afford additional properties if your goal is to build a property portfolio? Okay, so there are going to be certain markets that you want to stay uh, away from. And I believe most of Melbourne will fit that criteria. There are some suburbs, yes, that I would, I, I like, but most of Melbourne right now I'd stay away from. 
Similarly, like the Gold Coast unit market is another market I'd want to stay well uh, away from. All right. So if you want to look at what kind of suburbs to look at, the first thing I'd be saying is look at the supply versus demand. Is there greater demand than supply? If so, then that's a really good indication. Prices are going to hold their value and will start to rise. Demand versus supply is the first thing. The second thing is you want to look at the vacancy factor. Okay, You cannot invest or have the same mindset when it comes to buying an investment property like you might have done even six months ago, which is find an area that you like or find an area that's close to the, the infrastructure and just buy whatever you can uh, afford. Right, there are so many areas right now close to infrastructure where the vacancy rate is at all times all time highs and still increasing. So you've got to make sure that you're doing that level of research and you're buying in areas where the rental vacancy is really, really tight. It's below 3% so that you're in an air buying an area that's undersupplied, which means there are more tenants looking for properties than actual properties available to, to rent. And then number three. Look for what's going to make your property stand out from many of the others uh, in that particular suburb. Like one of my favorite strategies to use is to look for properties that are close to good schools in the area. In fact, realestate.com.au right now is showing that properties close to good schools are actually achieving a premium price. And I believe that will always continue. Plus, the other reason why I really like to find properties uh, close to good schools is because if you can get a tenant who's got their kids going to that local school, you're essentially going to have no vacancy for quite a number of years because they won't want to move out. All right. So certainly I think that right now there are going to be winners and losers as a result of this post-COVID-19 environment. The winners will be the ones who do their research and don't follow the, the headlines and look for good quality property, buy and hold them for the longer term while getting good rents. The losers, unfortunately, will be people, many of them who choose to wait out the market, believe the headlines, and then in 12 months time, look back and go, God, I wish I'd bought. Or they'll be the ones who buy an off the plan unit or, or a, a unit close to where they live uh, in, in the city that they like uh, without doing their research, without checking the vacancy factor, without looking at the rental returns and then as a result regret buying that particular property. The only question for you is which side of the fence are you going to sit on? Hey, it's Nero here and thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you found it valuable, can I ask you to do me a quick favor? Could you please leave me a review because it'll really help raise the visibility of this podcast. And secondly, if you think it'll help someone, please share this with them. Either way, thanks again for listening.